Welcome to episode 157 of Sweat Out, Happiness In. We're Lauren and Jason Pack, and we believe that fitness should be for everybody, anybody, and everybody. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? It's episode 157. I said that intro wrong, but I played it off cool. Yeah, you, you played it off totally cool. I said cool. everybody, anybody, but it's anybody, everybody, and everybody. But it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, yeah, as long as you say all three. <laughs> and with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, last episode, we had a couple snafus. Last episode, I started off by saying it was episode 155, when it was actually 156. And the last two minutes of Lauren's audio cut off due to a faulty cable. Sure. I feel like Jason pulled the plug on me. Yeah, I was like, just listen to me, everyone. (laughs) But um, the episode turned out good. um, And I ordered a new cable uh, just now because the mic was still off as we were testing things. So I'm glad we tested it. Otherwise, this would have been a wasted episode. (laughs) But here we are. Here we are. Um, Last week was quite eventful. We had a ton of stuff going on. um, But most notably, our daycare situation um, Kendrick had a positive COVID case in his daycare. In his daycare, yeah. We yeah, don't know him. if it was, uh, it wasn't him. We don't know if it was a kid or a teacher. And so this was, we found out on Christmas Monday? Eve. Oh, Christmas Eve, yeah. So we had plans to go see Lauren's parents, basically the only people we've seen over the last nine months yeah. or so. <laughs> um, and we unfortunately had to cancel that. But we are pushing that back to celebrate, um, was next it, is weekend. it next weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of and doing a celebration there. Thankfully, we all tested negative, so that was yes. good. Um, yeah. But we still wanted to quarantine for that full period just to play it safe. Just to make sure and just to, yeah, make sure that everything is good. Yeah. Um, and then Lauren had this bright idea of starting <laughs> to, um, starting the process of potty training Kendrick. And Lauren came up with the idea uh, the next day on Tuesday. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. We're not going to have another opportunity like this where Kendrick is going to be with us for a full week probably and for a little closed, bit. And the gym's closed. Yeah, the gym's closed. So we're literally just home quarantining. So at first I was a little bit taken aback, but I was like, actually, it's probably a really good time. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been crushing it. He's been doing great, yeah. He was showing signs already of being interested in using the potty and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm sure all of you are very very excited to hear about very this topic. Very invested in potty training right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, we had an eventful week, but it was it was successful. We made the most of it, and uh, we got to spend a lot of time with Kendrick, so it was great. Yeah, it was yeah. really great. So unfortunate circumstances, but thankfully everybody is healthy and fine and safe and happy and potty trained. Yeah. All that to say, we didn't release the podcast episode last oh, right. week. We, uh, we released it yesterday. Um, so that's why we're having back-to-back basically episodes. Um, this week, um, we were going to push it off, but this one we thought was um, you know, very relevant because it is New Year's, but we wanted to talk about uh, New Year's resolutions and maybe some alternative resolutions beyond just um, weight loss. Yeah. So, I mean, we were planning on recording this before New Year's Eve. Yeah. (laughs) So some of you may have already set a resolution, and that's totally great if you have. Um, But if you're still kind of thinking about setting one but not really sure how to go about doing it or what you want it to be, um, we just wanted to provide some different maybe alternatives to a a classic New Year's resolution. And But when I say classic, I really just mean one that revolves around either weight loss or weight gain or changing your body in some way. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's something that, you know, we and a lot of other fitness professionals have griped about because at this time of year, there's going to be a ton more marketing efforts from various companies basically preying on insecurities, right? Yeah. Saying that you should look a certain way, that you need to buy their products so that you can lose weight and you know get ready for your beach body or whatever it might be. And you get a ton of that 
at the start of the year because marketers know that it's a good time of year to basically do that and try to get some more sales. Yeah, they're like basically like, okay, this is when people are motivated to make a change. So I'm going to convince them that this is the change they need to make, that mm, they, need, yeah. they need my weight loss pill or they need my diet or they need my cleanse to achieve their goal. And then it kind of puts in your head like, oh, when you see stuff like that, you're like, wait, should I have that goal? Should I be thinking about weight loss? Like I wasn't really necessarily thinking about that. But now that you say it, like, yeah, I have put on a couple pounds or like you start to like spiral into these thoughts about yourself that you maybe weren't even having before. But because everything is about losing weight or looking different, changing your body, going on this diet, you you can very easily start to fall into that mindset of, oh, I also need to change yeah. my, my body. Yeah. And especially like even within the last like five to 10 years or so, there was the biggest loser. There was extreme weight loss challenges. Like we just get inundated with all of this sort of weight loss stuff. And I will say that over the last couple of years, I feel like there's been a lot more of a push to talk about not saying new year, new you mm. and not pushing weight loss is the only form of progress or the only way to determine a fitness level. Um, and I have seen um, quite a lot more pushback from fitness professionals in general, I feel like, which has been definitely great. And I do feel like it's been a little bit more, um, a little bit less obtrusive with these companies because they are getting a little bit more pushback about these sort of marketing messages. But there's still a residual effect over the last 40 to 50 years yeah. of this being pushed upon us. So it's just this time of year comes around. It's like, okay, um, now I need to think about losing five to 10 pounds or whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's and just I do ingrained wonder, in us. Like we, we, Jason, we were just talking recently about how we felt like this year, we really weren't seeing very much at all about like weight loss and all this stuff. And then I realized that that's because we've created such a, a bubble for ourselves of mm. who we follow and what we listen to and we we just choose not to listen to a lot of the accounts and the people who are kind of pushing this kind of stuff and I know it's still out there it's very yeah, much totally. still out there um, but it, there is something to be said for trying to filter out your like filter down who you're listening to who's kind of taking up space in your feed um, because it really makes a difference with just the amount that you're like wh whether you're hearing all about weight loss or whether you're hearing all about body acceptance and about habit changes and these things that are more positive it really changes your mindset a lot so yeah. I think that for us we were like wow there actually not that much is being pushed right now and then I'll go on Facebook or I'll go somewhere where I get ads like to more targeted mm, ads and I'm yeah. like oh no it's really still out there we're just choosing not to you see get it like a <laughs> cosmopolitan ad or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah so there's a lot there's a lot of stuff still out there we're just I think in a lucky spot where we've kind of created our own little bubble around ourselves to not see that stuff anymore yeah, as much totally um but yeah, I think, I mean, Lauren mentioned this a little bit earlier in the in the episode, but, you know, if you have really thought about this fully and you have the goal of losing weight, this is certainly not an episode to try to shame you out of it, right? Yeah, this is yeah. just, we just want to bring to light that you've probably in, been inundated with a lot of these messages and you might feel like that you should have this goal, but we encourage you to just dive a little bit deeper and just do a little further analysis and see if this is actually a goal or if, if this is just something that's been pushed upon you by marketing or even even what peers are doing um, as well with their health and fitness journey. But just to dive a little bit deeper, but this is certainly, if you've thought about it thoroughly and you wanna lose weight, by no means we're not trying to shame that process at all. Yeah, I think a really nice process for trying to figure out a deeper meaning behind what your initial thought is for what your goal is, is 
uh, have you heard about like the seven whys? Mm, yeah. And yep. so basically you say, so say that your initial thought is I want to lose 20 pounds. And then somebody says, why? Or like assume that somebody asks you why. And then you say, because I want to look better. And they say, why do you want to look better? And then you have to answer that because I want to, like it starts to get deeper. Like you start to have to hesitate and have to think a little bit further about like, why is that important to me? And by the time you get to the seventh one, they say that's typically the real meaning behind what you want. And that may change what your actual goal is. And oftentimes it's not that you want to lose weight. It's that you want to feel more confident or that you want to feel like, I mean, there's a million different reasons why it, what it yeah, might come down to. Yeah, I feel like to. you kind of uncover your whatever bias you have through that process. Mm. It's not necessarily that you find like the reason that you want to lose weight or gain strong, be stronger or whatever. You find that, oh, this sort of sticking point has been sticking with me. Uh, and I don't necessarily have any examples of that, but... Um, you know, you kind of think like, oh, I've been doing this because I've been stuck on this idea that I have to be uh, what weight I was in high school. Yeah. And you kind of hold yourself to that standard. And you might be like 35 now at this point. Yeah, and like, like imagine just, if somebody said to you, why do you need to be the weight you were in high school? You would be like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't actually make any sense when I think about it. Or, you know, so it just helps to ask yourself those seven consecutive questions or have somebody else do it ideally who you trust because then you'll be more real I think it's easy to be like a little faker with yourself in yeah, those totally. answers. Um, but to really get to the root of like what actually matters to me because and it's not to say that your goal then can't be that first thing it's mm. just to maybe change the way that you approach accomplishing that goal and so with that said a lot of times the goal might be like the real goal might be like or the real root might be, I want to feel more confident and more comfortable in my own skin. And that can actually be accomplished without losing weight or without cutting mm. calories or without going on a diet. Like th those things can be accomplished without having to take some of these measures that on the surface always seem like the obvious thing to choose. Yeah, and totally. so there may be, and we'll talk about some of the ways that we can go about um, different habit-based goals, but there may be things that you can try to work on that don't necessarily mean like just going on a diet or just doing yeah. the obvious. Yeah, totally. And yeah, we'll talk about this in a second. But, you know, when you go for those kind of like, and people have called it smart goals, actually, right? Yeah. It's like specific, uh, measurable. measurable, actionable, um, realistic, realistic and timely, timely or something <laughs> like that. And so they're like, okay, I, I can set a smart goal of losing 10 pounds uh, in 90 days in... Uh, well, whatever the acronyms meant. But basically, <laughs> holding ourselves to this very strict and bit, but arbitrary goal of this time frame and this amount of weight loss. And if you aren't really digging deeper and have found that you're doing all this to try to get yourself to this goal, you're going to really resent that process over time because mm. it's, it's, that's, that's going to be really hard. And so what we want to talk to you about is setting process goals, right? Yes. Which take a lot of pressure off of yourself and also just makes the process a lot more enjoyable because you're not putting a strict timetable. You're not measuring your success upon these very specific numbers and you will just feel that consistency 
and adherence is a lot easier because of that. Yeah. So the difference between the original goal that you were talking about, those SMART goals, is that is always more of an outcome goal. Mm -hmm. So you are looking to accomplish a specific outcome. So a weight loss goal would be a specific outcome or even a goal in the gym of like, I want to um, bench 135 by the end of the year. That's still a specific outcome. And it doesn't necessarily delve into what it's going to take to get there. So for us, instead of thinking about the outcome, like it's okay to have an outcome kind of like floating in the back of your mind like this would be a nice outcome at the end of this but the goal itself is a process-based goal it's something that you can actually do it's something that's tangible that you can actually get your feet wet and actually be going for it as opposed to you can't just be like i'm gonna think really hard about it i'm gonna try really hard to lose (laughs) 10 pounds but like that's not an action that you can take it's you have to take a lot of actions in order to get there yeah definitely Um, And we've kind of broken them up, and it doesn't have to be broken up like this, but we've broken up into four different categories that we feel um, can be encompassed in an overall, like, wellness approach, right? Yeah. And they are movement, nutrition, recovery, and mindset. And it doesn't have to be that order even, but uh, we'll talk about that in that order. But you want to kick things off with how we approach movement um, goals or habits, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Should we call it goals or habits? Let's call it, let's call it habits. Yeah, yeah. I think, but knowing that this is something that a habit is something that you can set as a resolution, mm, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. to continue to do this habit over and over again. Um, so yeah, for movement habits, we tend to think about uh, consistency a lot here mm. and try to think about setting a goal for yourself of or a habit for yourself of working out consistently. Mm three days a week for, yeah. for the year um, or consistently two days a week for the year and trying to not put so much pressure on yourself on what that workout necessarily looks like or what um, movements you have to include every single time because that's just a lot to think about for an entire year. And yeah. when you're thinking about resolutions, we're trying to think about a little bit more of a um, long-term like approach. long-term change that yeah. you can make. Yeah. And so to like plan out, map out your year would be a little overwhelming. But to say every week I'm going to try to make sure I'm get in some good movement, a workout that's 30 to 60 minutes, three times a week. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one way that we've tried to um, have our members at our gym kind of stick with consistency-based goals is uh, we run a challenge called Achieve 60, um, which is trying to fit in 60 workouts between September 15th and December 31st. So it ends up being like 3.75 workouts per week. Um, And it's challenging because the holidays are all interspersed and um, in previous years you'd be traveling and whatnot. Um, But what we would do is after each workout, the person would go up to the front desk and basically stamp a card that we've, um, an empty card that we filled out with 60 potential spaces. And that's been uh, a very popular challenge, um, especially at that time, because it just helps to drive consistency. And it's a way to bake in a little bit of uh, reward or a pat on the back, right? So yeah. we encourage you to try that out, maybe for the month of January or for the next three months. Try to average out what is a realistic goal. And then at the end of it, fill out, or before it, fill out, um, make a little blank table for yourself and just stamp them in with either stamps or stickers, what have you, or just write notes um, just to see where you're at. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by the end of 30 days or 90 days or half a year or a full year where you've um, come with it all. Yeah, yeah. I think just buying a calendar, uh, you know, it can be a cheap calendar, 2021 mm-hmm. calendar, and some a little pack of stickers, and you just mark them down, and it just feels really good. Yeah, it, feels it, really nice it to see it. It seems silly, but it's like there's some level of first grader in all of us that I think <laughs> just really would feel just a little instant pang of like, oh, I did it. 
like good job you kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, move for as far as movement um, based resolutions go, we definitely really in, like to employ consistency based goals, which yeah. of course will help you achieve any other goals that you might have. Um, now we talked about why we don't necessarily like New Year's resolutions and smart goals in terms of weight loss, but we actually um, when we really re- when we released the last two episodes that pertain to pull-ups, um, there was some activity in our Facebook group with our risers um, where everyone was kind of talking about how they wanted to be able to do a pull-up or do more pull-ups if they could do a pull-up. And we also took that into account as well when we said, like, we talked to the group and we said that make sure that this is actually a goal that you want to achieve as well, right? And if this is a goal that you want to achieve, then great. But you want to just dive a little bit deeper because achieving this pull-up goal of yours will take a ton of consistency. It's not going to be linear progress. And if you don't actually want this as your true goal, then you'll start to resent the process or you'll push through your body's signs that are telling you to slow down a little bit when it needs to, whether it's pushing through pain or pushing through fatigue and stuff like that. And there's just a lot of things that go along with it and that just to make sure that that's your actual goal. And again, it's okay to have that pull-up goal in the back of your mind but to also have consistency-based goals attached to it so that you are not just thinking, oh, I'm a failure if I can't get to a pull-up within six months, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like you're set a movement habit that will help you to accomplish that goal, but don't worry so much. Like, don't be constantly worried about the goal at the end of it. Try to be focused a little bit more on the process. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and other movement habits can just be, like, it can be about wanting to try some new types of movements. So it could Mm -hmm. be if you're somebody who is a runner right now and you're interested in strength training, it could simply be to start incorporating a strength training program into your routine. Mm, Um, It could be to, or vice versa, if you're somebody who really loves strength training but you've been interested in wanting to try out yoga or wanting to try out running or cycling, like, that could be a goal is just trying something new or incorporating something new into your routine that you hadn't been doing before. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of our members and a lot of risers end up taking up hiking or swimming or skiing and whatnot, because it's it's really fun to see whatever things that have been happening in the gym kind of translate to these other modalities uh, of fitness, basically. And it's cool to see kind of uh, that transfer of progress. Yeah. All right, cool. So those are some ideas for movement habits. Let's move on to nutrition habits. So Mm -hmm. this one, I think, is going to be the most prevalent in terms of what you're going to see pushed on you for a resolution, but it's mostly going to be in the form of a diet. Or now, because people have caught on to the fact that diets don't really necessarily work very well, it'll be in the form of a nutrition plan or (laughs) something else that is, you know covered up as like called something else, but it's just a diet. Yeah. Um, And so we would recommend you know, I typically recommend trying to, instead of going toward a diet plan or nutrition plan where things are laid out for you and you have to measure your foods and you have to stick to a certain amount of calories, which I understand completely and fully because I've gone through it on the surface, feels, it always feels like the way to that's what's going to work. Like I always said, I just want somebody to tell me exactly what to do Mm. and I'll follow it. Yeah. And it feels like, oh, the more information somebody gives me, the more I have, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like it'll be, I'm I'm good at following rules. I'm just someone that needs a plan. I just need a plan. I said that all the time and it 
always backfired. It it always made me spiral into really bad disordered eating habits, and it I would then go on binges afterwards because it was not I was not like able to feel satisfied by food for so long that then I would go completely the other way. So I'm not saying that uh, that you're not smart for kind of going on diets. Like I'm not calling anybody out for being on a diet. I'm just saying from personal experience and from the experience of so many others that we've worked with, it does tend to feel like the right approach and it also tends to really backfire in the end. Yeah, totally. Um, so when you're, but I'm, but also, <laughs> nutrition is important, and it's important to think about what you're eating and putting into your body. And and when we want to feel good, a big part of that is what we eat. And so thinking about, I'm not saying don't think about nutrition and don't think about what you're eating and just go, you know, wild with Cheetos every day. Like I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying like let's maybe think about what would actually make us feel better in terms of nutrition. So for a lot of the things that kind of changed for me and for working with a lot of clients is to think about start to start by thinking about what can you add to your diet that will make you feel better um, in terms of what you're eating. So for me it's always I know I could add more vegetables. Like I always feel like I'm like in the morning I kind of tend to eat oatmeal or a breakfast sandwich or something that is has a good amount of protein in it but really just doesn't have any vegetables in it and then sometimes lunch doesn't have any vegetables and then I get to dinner and I'm like oh my god I have to pack all of my vegetables <laughs> into this one meal so how can I think about adding more vegetables throughout my day and then by doing that oftentimes it kind of rearranges the choices that you're making just by thinking about adding more vegetables I'm like okay well if I typically eat a breakfast sandwich and I'm trying to get more vegetables in like maybe I just have to do a scrambled like like an om- omelet or a scramble with vegetables in it and that just automatically starts to shift your macronutrient intake a little bit and it starts to shift things to make them um, a little bit more balanced but you're doing it with the intention of adding as opposed to with the intention of taking away or removing or cutting out or eliminating which all make you feel very very much like you're missing out on something, but when you're adding, you feel much more empowered because you're making this decision to add something more to your diet. And so it just is a big way to shift your mentality around nutrition and also to make for a just more pleasant experience when you're setting a nutrition goal. Yeah. The focus of constantly taking away and removing and depleting and whatnot, like all of that t- just takes so much willpower, right? And even if you succeed with you know, one meal where you really just talk yourself into like, hey, this is my resolution, I can't do that, I can't do X, Y, and Z. Even if you win that one little battle, like eventually all of that kind of like mental willpower that went to that is gonna lead to binge eating or just being like not happy (laughs) about the whole process, right? And so adding in more vegetables or adding in more protein is kind of a a, definitely a better, mental way of approaching it um, but also indirectly gets you to kind of better nutritional habits already right so if you think about adding in more vegetables adding in more protein suddenly you're making your meals or you know ordering out your meals based upon that strategy instead of saying let me think about what I want to eat, right? It just gives yeah. you a little bit more direction, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're going to go with a nutrition habit for this year, I would highly recommend thinking about what you could add to your diet that would make you feel a lot better. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's go into recovery. Recovery. So, so this is um, this will be important if you are someone who is actually very good with consistency, so good with consistency that you're working out, let's say, five plus days a week and you're going, and you haven't really taken... Um, 
much of a break, right? Yeah. And it's just uh, just go, go, go all the time. And, you know, there is a certain popula- percent of the population that really does this. And what uh, you'll find is that taking one step back can often lead to two steps forward in this case. And so when we recognize that someone is a go, go, go type of person that has been, you know, just hammering their body with workout after workout, we start to think about, you know, how can we set some recovery habits that might be helpful for your just long-term sustainability, right? And we often talk to them about um, whether it's a sleep goal, whether it's a hydration-based goal, or even factoring in more rest, or if they can't rest, more mobility days as well, right? And so if they are working out six days a week, let's say, you know, hey, why don't we actually have a recovery day? So you do five days a week of working out, but since we know that you really like to move in some capacity each day, let's also add in a day or two of mobility work. So you know that you're moving, you're doing some stuff to, uh, you know, better your body, but it's not just another hit workout. It's not another heavy strength training workout. You're factoring in recovery into that overall process more. And then also, along with that, why don't we go ahead and see if we can um, in, in, increase the number of hours that you're sleeping um, on a regular basis. Let's start off with a um, let's start off with a little challenge like over the next 14 days, can you get in seven hours of sleep a week instead of your usual five and a half, <laughs> you know? Um, but thinking about basically that it doesn't always have to be adding in more workouts or adding more nutritional tools to your belt. Sometimes it's actually taking stuff away that is going to have a significant impact because if your body is more recovered, that means it can train harder during the times that you can actually work out. You'll feel less banged up. You'll be less um, prone to injury. You'll be less prone to plateaus. You know, all that sort of stuff really come into play. Yeah. And I, that when you were talking about sleep, it really reminded me of uh, a story from one of our members when I was training her. Uh, this was years ago, but she had just had a baby and then she she like when she was getting back into the gym and she read an article that was like, if you're not sleeping eight hours a day, your workouts don't even count. (laughs) And she was like, I read it. And I was so upset because of course I'm not sleeping eight hours a day. I have a newborn. Yeah. And, but to tell me that my workouts don't even count that I'm like doing, I'm making myself worse by trying to exercise, which is, but it's technically making my mental health so much better. And it Mm. is helping me to recover from the physical, you know, event of delivering a baby, like all this stuff, like she just felt so awful. And so it reminds me every time when I see things like that, headlines like that, or stories like that, where people are trying to key in on this new thing that is the key to your success. It's like, you know, sleep is the most important thing. And if you don't do it, you're not going to be able to reach any other goal. (laughs) And when you, when, so when you're thinking about your personal goals, it is so important to look at your life, your individual personal Mm. life and what's happening currently in this moment and choosing a goal that supports that moment and not choosing a goal that whatever, that is what everybody else is talking about or that seems to be the hot new thing right now. Um, And that always has stuck with me just because I feel like that happens so frequently as everybody gets caught up in this one thing that's supposed to change your life. And if you can't do that one thing, you start to feel like, why even bother? Why even try? (laughs) Yeah, I would say probably a few years ago was the kind of the peak of like Fitbits, Apple Watch, Whoop trackers, and just like all the tracking mechanisms, Mm. basically. And, you know, 
even with that, that is like supposed to be fairly innocuous, like that gets you into kind of troublesome habits and can also lead to feeling like a failure if you don't hit those sorts of goals that the the trackers or whatever set out for you, right? It's yeah. just like all this data, you know, can be useful, but can also be really detrimental as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's why it's just like during that portion, I didn't want you to go out and get a Fitbit and I didn't want you to go and get a whoop band because yeah, those, those metrics are, it's, it's just, it's like a different way of restricting yourself basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of recovery, obviously sleep is a great one. If you're a new parent, don't worry so much about it. Yeah. Pick something else, you know, like mobility is a great one, but if you are already doing a bunch of yoga and like you already, or you're already a pretty mobile person, like maybe that's not the right one for you. Like there's yeah. so many, that's why we're trying to provide so many different choices and so many different options so that you can look at it more holistically and say like, this is the thing that I really feel pretty confident that I can change. Mm. And it really fits in my lifestyle right now because ultimately that's what we want to go for is something that we can succeed at <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a little bit of a stretch but something that we're pretty confident that we can do with some you know dedicated awareness to that uh habit right yeah yeah, yeah exactly all right and then let's finish it off with mindset habits i don't think that's something that necessarily people would think about as setting a new year's <laughs> resolution goal is yeah. to do something different with your mindset um but it's a huge part of wellness and a huge part of uh accomplishing other goals is to be able to just make some shifts in your mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so some ways that we can do this are some kind of simple ones are journaling. Um, so just keeping a journal, whether it is just a general journal of your daily experience, because sometimes writing things down helps you to just kind of get it on paper or get it out of your brain and kind of puts your mind at ease a little bit more. It could be a gratitude journal. So it could be specifically about things that you're grateful for. We've, it's been proven, you know, in lots of different studies and anecdotally that just practicing gratitude, not just saying like, I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z, but really truly practicing it by writing it down or by speaking gratitude towards somebody else every day, you know, telling someone in person that you're grateful or over Zoom or over the phone that you're <laughs> grateful for them um, really changes everything about your health. So um, that kind of journaling would also work really well. Um, meditation is another strategy here where mm -hmm. if you have the time to dedicate, um, there's a lot of apps like Headspace is a really great one. 10 minutes a day of quiet, peaceful time sounds for awesome you right to meditate. <laughs> it sounds nearly impossible. It's not one I'm going to choose right now with a toddler <laughs> at home. But like, but the thing is, it's not impossible. I just am choosing. That's not the one that I'm choosing. Mm, right. Yeah, you know, like true. I could make time for it if I really needed to. So um, what other ones for mindset habits? You could try to start practicing a mantra. Mm -hmm. um, that was something early on for me when I was going through a lot of my body image struggles and trying to change my own mindset, which is not an easy feat, um, was having a mantra that I could say that sort of relaxed me, that brought me back to earth, brought me back down and grounded me. Um, and so trying to pick something, a sentence that you say when you feel yourself spiraling into sort of a negative place, having a mantra that really grounds you and brings you back to reality. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, all, all good strategies. And yeah, clearly mental health is part of part your of overall yeah. health and wellness yeah, yeah. absolutely um so those are some strategies uh, that might be helpful in terms of improving that yeah yeah so we talked about a lot of different strategies so hopefully yeah. there's something in there that kind of sparked an idea for you if you didn't already have one or you may be 
reevaluating something that you originally thought was your goal, mm. but maybe now you're like, is that really my goal? Like, that's kind of what we want you to do now is start to question a little bit. Why is this my goal? Is it really my goal? Is there something deeper that's the actual goal? And then based on that, what are the habits that I can focus on? Instead of focusing on the outcome, what are the habits that I can actually write down and focus on and start to do today? instead of just thinking about this arbitrary outcome. Yeah, and the great part of all this is, you know, you pick one and one habit that is, you know, wellness-based, and it starts to trickle into other different areas, right? And so you'll find that other things just start to click into place, and everything just feels a little bit easier because you took that one little step forward, right? Yeah, I think that's something that happens, like, a lot of people like to kind of make fun of uh, New Year's resolutions, especially like this is not probably going to happen this year with all the with a lot of gyms being closed. But a lot of the January rush of the gym and people who were already consistent would always be like, oh, I hate January because all these New Year's (laughs) resolution people come in and they take over and it's so annoying. And like that always bothered me so much because it's like, what's so mean <laughs> like, it's so mean and then and people would always say like they, they won't be here in february don't worry about it and first of all it's so discouraging to anyone who hears something like that like you don't want to be that person yeah. so you're you almost again it's almost one of those things where you're like i don't even want to start because i don't want to be that person i don't want to fail but the other thing is that you don't know what happened to those people who were at the gym in january but what might have happened was that they discovered that they loved that they were going to classes at the gym and they loved yoga and then they realized oh i could do yoga at home mm. so they signed up for on-demand yoga classes and they do them at home and they're being just as consistent but they it sparked something new in them so it just to say that somebody oh they fell off the wagon or they didn't do it is so unfair because it's not following up on that on what actually happened with that person which is that starting a healthy habit often leads to finding other healthy habits Mm, and it may not be that you stick with that exact thing that you started with and that's okay you didn't fail at anything you just found something new or you discovered something you didn't know about yourself yet yeah definitely and it's like everyone is a beginner at some point right (laughs) and it's like you whoever is doing the shaming in the first place like you you have to remember back to when you were doing this for the first time and Mm -hmm. how helpful it was to have you know helpful supportive people around you so yeah that was definitely kind of a a recurring theme that was a little bit irksome (laughs) i would say yes um and yeah i think the last part of this is that you know Hopefully, we've done kind of two things where, one, we've told you not to put too much weight into New Year's resolutions, but also, number two, that it can be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you don't treat it as this sort of pass-fail, I think it'll be really helpful, right? So at the end of the year, if you find that um, you know you didn't get to your outcome-based goal, you can still be very proud of about, about yourself about the process-based goals that yeah. you've set for yourself. And ultimately, if you've done one extra workout or if you've done... Uh, one extra like mindset based thing like journaling for a few months you know it, it's still progress in the long term right and you should be very proud of that progress and ultimately if something like that happens then whatever you did for that is ultimately success right that that new year's resolution is a success because you ended up doing something more something different than your status quo that was beneficial for you in the long term so um, we don't like to view this as a pass fail which is why we're straying away from outcome-based goals but i think focusing on the process will really help you enjoy the process as well yeah yeah so I think that's about it. I think that's it. Yeah. Hopefully that kind of reframes resolutions for you, gives you an opportunity to not feel like you have to pick a resolution that everybody else is picking and mm-hmm. lets you think a little bit deeper about it. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. Well, that is all we got for you today. If you enjoy this podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, that would be so, so wonderful and so appreciated. It's very helpful for us. We want to keep this going um, and reviews really help us to do that. So, um, and yeah, and if you have any topics that you want us to cover that you're really interested in, you can always send us a DM at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. Yeah. I think that's about it. So until next time. Sweat out. Happiness in. Boop.